0: the fire within podcast you need a sustainable plan the right mindset and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within just like the phoenix you can burn your old habits never turn back and emerge completely anew there are no shortcuts the views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes the fire within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle
1: Welcome Fire Within Nation, this is the Fire Within Podcast where we talk about all things health, wellness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon Woolley, uh, with my co-host, Joe. Hello. Today we have a guest named Alvin, and Alvin, tell us a little bit about what you do.
2: Hello, everybody. My name is Alvin Miles. I'm a biomechanics specialist, also formerly a two-time Olympic contender, 2012 Olympics and 2004 Olympics pretty much to give a premise of what I do, I help you understand how your body communicates with yourself. Typically, we run into issues where we're stuck and we're trying to figure out how do I live a new life cycle? And I'm trying to get back or get forward to where I have to be. And I have an issue um, myself before my past. I had a tra- traumatic situation where in 2015, training for the Olympic trials, uh, I had an injury where my leg literally went back like an ostrich, just to give you a good verbal picture. Oh, goodness. Actually was, so. And I had to overcome that myself in that process. So I started to put a lot of work on myself and neural work on myself, seeing what's going on with my brain, what's going on with my body. When I turned out to be that I never had an injury before, but in my life cycle, I thought about what would happen if I got injured. How would I look at it? So when it happened, because I already planted it inside of my neural system, I had a trauma situation prior to that I had injured before when I was 12. So it kind of lived in me a little longer as well. So what I did for myself when I was told two years would take the hill, it took me like nine months to really recover, and I was back up running. Did not make it to the 2016 Olympics trials, but however, I was able to continue and run after that, and just become another world-class athlete again.
1: So what was the nature of this injury? Like, what happened?
2: So I had a, a rebound moment where I sat out for about two years, and this a specialty coach told me to come check him out and see what he can do. And so he said, all right, let's get one more in, got it on videotape, and I was going over the hurdle and my left leg literally stayed behind me. My right leg continued to go and then my leg bent into itself. So I tore my ACL, my PCL, my L C L and two parts of my meniscus. So that happened to me and I was like, okay. So someone put this thing back in. I wasn't like I was screaming. I was like, put put my leg back in, is all I said. <laughs> and it was kind of crazy. But however, off of the whole process, I uh did go to physical therapy and I said, right, you Alvin, what do you know about this? Are uh, You're being a patient now, but how do you know by what you do to help yourself in this area? And that's what I started doing is start using my own uh, algorithms, my own processes and saying, okay, what is this going to help me as it as I help everybody else in the process? So.
1: Wow. Okay. So everything you focus on is primarily biomechanics and how it's related neurologically. Yes. Is it, that's correct. Now, is there some tie-in with like chiropractic and what you do? I just went for the first time in my life at (laughs) Ladoo. They're pretty good over there. And I learned all kinds of crazy stuff. I never had my spine looked at. And my spine wasn't terrible. My hips were all jacked up. Mm -hmm. But he had this amazing chart on the wall where every vertebrae had nerves that did different things. Gotcha. Uh, Like mess with your thyroid or or your vision. Or my girlfriend's has a lot of headaches. And her x-ray showed that that top cervical vertebrae was- yeah, it was impinging on that nerve. So when you say neurologically, is is that what you mean or what do you mean?
2: In that area too, because I'm very big on chiropractic adjustments as well. I believe everybody's body's different. My model is moving your own blueprint. So when I do see the actual vertebrates on the body from the spinal cord, it makes sense because you can pinch a nerve and literally cut off part of your body in a split second. Yeah. However, in the same sense, what if your body's not meant to be straight or actual set like the skeleton we see in, in the stores or inside of this classroom? So I do look at both algorithms and say, how is your body fit for you? If you're pinching a nerve, let's look at it. Let's do a few adjustments, get your body going in that way. If you're not, let's see what's really the best way to build your body into the direction it needs to be in.
1: So that's way different because everybody's trying to get you to the 45 degree angle, mm-hmm, this, that, and yeah. the other. Now, what are the parameters that would necessitate not going to that? Would it be fascia? Would it be our imbalance that have created neural patterns that if we tried to put you back, you wouldn't work properly? Because mm-hmm. this is a perspective I've never heard.
2: Yeah. So pretty much your fascia is first one of the largest tissues next to the skin inside of your yeah. body. And
1: and for the listeners that don't know what fascia is, and can me. you- Yeah, just me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and for joe uh, tell us in your words what is fascia
2: fascia i would say is the perfect plastic wrap for your body to keep all your muscles together that's what i would say it's like if you're putting your body inside of a vacuum and you need something to hold all your muscles together that fascia if it gets hard or loses fluid inside of it it can't function and help your body function better so if you do use your fascia for if we use our fascia for an example um, we really can catch ourselves getting tight sore ligaments we feel we say ligaments muscles sore everything like that. But our fascia really is one of the problems we have because we're not trained to have the fascia flush or have lymphatic movements inside of our body. We typically think it happens automatically by this. Okay. You know, life is getting old. I'm getting older. So my body has to do this, but then your blueprint may not be set that way. And we look at the other angles as well. That goes with your body circulation. We look at your, your brain patterns, your lifestyle, how you work every day. How do you sit? How do you stand? How do you walk? How do you sleep? All those things make a very big difference in how your body functions.
1: Wow. Okay. So now have you looked into Graston and like that mm-hmm. anatomy trains book? Yeah. And listeners, if you want to uh, check out the anatomy trains book, I think if you just want to look at the introduction and in chapter one, after that, it gets pretty pretty in-depth and science But that first chapter, I think the main takeaway and why fascia is so important is that the body is not just a bunch of bones stacked on each other, like we see on that muscle, on, on that skeleton. But rather, there's an intricate tensegrity structure, which if you think about it like a sailboat, you have different masts and different ropes and all kinds of things pulling from different directions that help keep things centered where they're supposed to be. So we can't just look at the spine. We can't just look at the muscle and we can't just look at the fascia. We have to consider all these things as separate components that work together. Yeah, it's true. Okay, cool. Sorry, a little bit of a tangent.
2: No, I liked it. That was perfect. So, you know, I really appreciate someone who understands the same modalities that I actually follow. So that's very key that you mentioned that because I think we actually... Uh, follow the paper print regimen sometimes. Like, let's just see what the paper says and do some burpees and do some sit-ups and your endorphins are feeling good, your body's feeling all warmed up and you're stretching the wrong way, you're stretching out of your range of motion, and, like, next thing you know, you're doing this and your brain's like, ah, I got this down, I'm good to go. You sit off and then your body's like, okay, guys, let's come back in. And, like, like, what do you do? You know, do you repeat the process or do you see a specialist or how do you function and do everything. So,
1: yeah, I'm going to go off on another sidebar here. You mentioned stretch too far. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of conflicting information on there's the active isolated stretching. There's muscle activation technique. Some people say foam roll. Some people say don't foam roll. Can you give us some guidance on what is correct here?
2: Yes. Yeah, so my main thing is push it, don't pull it. So if you focus on your body pushing into an actual area, and like you mentioned, my way of saying this, active release therapy, uh, people have heard of that as um, pronounced it. People say the, the art technique, active, active release te- um, therapy, art technique, um, where you're actually pushing into a muscle because every time your muscle moves, it's actually doing a pulling action already on its own. The muscle really, really actually contracts. It muscle actually pulls apart. It spreads apart. Even when you flex your bicep, your, your muscle is spreading apart. So if you're pulling it beyond a range that you're thinking it feels good because you can touch the range, there's no support in that range. So we want to learn how to build our muscle in every degree of the body. If I feel good by stretching, yeah, I may be opening up my circulation area and feeling good for a temporal time. But however, on the long term, you're actually causing damage and you're not knowing how many of your cell walls you're breaking down that need to actually be in that place where it is. So we want to build muscle for each degree of your body so you have a better understanding on how you can function better.
1: Okay. Cool. Now that I'm done with my tangents, anything to add, Joe?
0: (laughs) uh, This is a little bit more academic knowledge than I have. I was walking through, Alvin and I share an office space. And I was walking through the other day and saw uh, the Grey's Anatomy out, and he was reading it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good TV show. You ever seen it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about that. I was like, yeah, I just, but it was like, the actual uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, it yeah, was right? the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
2: like I recently saw a little bit of the show. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: but you're always out here, and you're training people, and you're reviewing their movement and their technique, and trying to help, kind of. I, I assume try to help guide them and find the right way for them to work out, right? Yes. So when you're doing training with people is that is that a traditional sense of training where they work out with you a couple times a week and it's for just the weight loss and general health or is it, is it gotcha. a little bit
2: more involved? So we call them development sessions because technically sometimes we don't always do a basic training. The word training re- recommend re- regimen is not always how we set it. It depends what we're doing that day. We can do anything we can do Pilates. We can do a little bit of boxing and kickboxing and it depends on the person's need for their environmental or uh, proposal that's being actually put on the table. And sometimes we'll just sit there. We'll do fascia work. We'll do range of motion work. We'll do a, a few things with a few of uh, therapy Modalities um, well is a half hour's cupping, whatever it may be. And we put it all together. And I have a little computer system too, right? I have 3D analysis cameras where I can see how the body moves left and right. So I'm able to say, okay, for this day, when you come to me, I can't just say, all right, I got your workout ready. Do it no matter what. No, I have to have every angle prepared because if you're coming in, your attitude's not right. You may not want to boost your attitude up. How can I help ease and have you actually build in the weak places? And that's one thing I'm focusing on now. Like you may feel like I just can't do it today, but how do we build in that place? Mm. That's very, very major. So what does fascia work look like? Well, it depends because people sometimes think it's pain. Sometimes they think it's a good hurt pain or I don't know what's happening to my body. So we could do a, a pressing release around the IT band area. We can go to the psoas area. We can go into the, um, in the inner parts of the major muscles and find some minor spaces as well. So you can use tools. I have, a, of course, a massage gun get into a few spaces as well. but Yeah, I
0: see those things on Instagram. They look painful <laughs> when they <laughs> slow it down <laughs> like in the bottom Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. The, it's going like in a so slow motion. They feel good. <laughs> they feel good? Yeah. yeah, yeah It's all about um, getting
2: that circulation in place yeah. too.
1: And then Graston, which we mentioned a minute yeah. ago, is mm. essentially, my understanding, you take what looks like a smooth butter knife <laughs> and, <scraping>. and <laughs> you're literally scraping mm. and breaking apart yes. the fascia fibers uh, so that it can regrow as you retrain your body's movement. Yeah. Um, So that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you could look pretty bruised after and other people look fine after, I guess Mm -hmm. everybody's different.
2: Yeah. And people sometimes want to add more than one modality together. We can do cupping grass. And then sometimes we do like the Y balance machine, which um, I use another turntable style, which I have a true motion, which gyrotonically it shows me how your body moves on this machine. So it's very key too. Could could you make me
1: a super soldier?
2: A little <laughs> that was kind of fast. We did it for you know, Captain America. You know, a while <laughs> back, it, was, it wasn't me. So yeah, I mean, you can always be as super as you want to be. You know, I think anybody has opportunity to be their best blueprint. So that's what I like to do. Yeah.
0: What is cupping? So I've seen it like on TV shows and stuff, so I know kind of what it is. But what's the benefit of it? Because what I've seen, so let me see if I'm on the right page. Basically, somebody gets a cup. It's like a see-through cup, and the way they attach it to somebody's skin is almost like their skin gets sucked up in the cup. Mm-hmm. That's cupping. Close to it, yeah. That's that's <laughs> the way
2: it looks like, and that's funny how you said that too, Joe. We sometimes see things and say this is exactly how it's supposed to be. I don't know. I don't want a big red mark on my body. So
0: <laughs> it looks I'm like stay away. It
2: looks like a recipe for a hit. Like I don't <laughs> no, know. It looks seen like, it like you
1: got attacked by an. Yeah, yeah, something was very you know <laughs> attracted to you like that the moment.
2: <laughs> but the, part, the whole part of cupping is we want to make sure we can have space moved into the body by making this actual area. It could be a damaged tissue. It could be anywhere from having this pain in your back. A lot of times, this is actually really done. And the uh, two ways of doing it: you dry cupping, and wet cupping. But people sometimes use glass domes. You can heat the top of the glass dome. The dome actually rises up the skin because you're taking air out of the location. You use the wet or uh, the dry cupping, which you have a pump as well. You can pump the actual air out of it, and the skin rises up, and it removes the air. And when that air is gone, of course, your blood needs oxygen so it's going to flow the best way it can in that space okay we need air somewhere we can't get it above the skin let's go below the skin and it moves the air on the area as well
1: so if somebody's recovering from an injury we know that the more oxygen and blood they get to that area that is that supposed to speed up healing is that yes. the idea yeah okay. and I think the most famous uh, case when cupping became mainstream was probably
0: Michael Phelps he had all mm-hmm. them hickey yeah.
1: marks on him mm-hmm. in the Olympics and people yeah. were like what the heck is that
0: and he won like a billion gold medals and they're like <laughs> yep. where do I get this cupping yeah <laughs>
1: that was actually a good
2: time when people started to come to me about that like yeah how's this cupping work for me i'm like well what do you need it for i want to be
0: like so is it is it a way of getting Increase blood pressure and a, and a focus area? Well, blood, well
2: blood flow, not blood, blood, blood flow. pressure. We blood have, pressure. <laughs> well, I got <laughs> what you're saying though. Yeah. It, so. Increased but, blood flow yeah, yeah, in blood a certain f- area. <laughs> so you speed up healing. Yeah, exactly. I already I'm have sorry. high blood pressure, <laughs> so I'm all right yeah. with that. <laughs> so definitely, it does help speed the healing, as you're saying. And then definitely, we want to get our body to understand how to move blood through the proper ways. Because if we have an issue with a, a part of our body that's not really flowing correctly, it could just be because, all right, I need better flow.
0: Yeah. So. We talked about a lot of cool topics on this show, and I told Brandon that you are in the process of building a salt room, yeah, upstairs. <laughs> and I was asking you a couple of questions about it. But what is the benefit of having a of salt room? Okay,
2: so that's a good one. So the new business is going to be called. It's under Amplify, Amplify Athletic Performance and Development, is name of my company. It's under the brand name is Amplify, but we're calling this place called Halo, and it's pretty much going to be a purification cave. Uh, typically, you go to a salt room or a salt cave, and uh, they have all Himalayan salt on the wall, and the benefits are it helps your negative ions, which your body needs. It puts negative ions back into your body and releases the positive ions, helps out with anxiety, stress, better sleep, healing, respiratory issues, bronchitis, eczema. I mean, you name it, stress levels. It flushes your body out. At least after 10 or 12 treatments, you're sitting inside of a room full of salt, and it's really just c- causing your body to sleep, go to a nice little stasis of relaxation, and you don't even realize you're even going to sleep i mean we're going to have heated blankets in there weighted blankets i'm um, going to have some tarps for you just to lay under if you want to do that we're going to have a salt bed in there as well some zero gravity chairs and also we're going to make it a little bit more advanced we're doing some charcoal walls inside of there we're doing some other types of stones some psyllium nights going to be in there as well for Purifying air. We're going to have some sea salt and some bowls with some rosemary to help your body breathe and also cleanse the air that you're going to be. So it's going to be a little bit higher halo style. So and the, uh, yeah. therapy is called halo therapy where we're not doing fully the halo therapy method. We're using the halo generator. We're doing more of the natural sitting in the salt, sitting around the charcoal, sitting around the other stones to help your body in quartz as well. Yeah. Help your body have full purification. So.
1: Now, for those of you listening, and this just sounds like airy-fairy stuff, we've done a couple episodes talking about grounding, and it's similar with those negative ions. And one of the major studies that brought uh, validation to this technique was scientists would test themselves before and after being in contact with a negative ion source. And what they found was blood pressure was remarkably improved because that negative ion would re organize the blood platelets and allow for them to flow through blood capillaries easier. So people with heart issues, with blood pressure issues, all of a sudden they're after grounding or, or being in contact with a negative ion like a salt area would have normalized readings after that. Yeah. And there's even been cases, people with you know uh, neurological issues like MS or Parkinson's for the longer contact they have with that source, they would be asymptomatic for hours and hours after. And the longer they were away from that negative grounding effect, the more those symptoms came
0: back. Am I remembering correctly too? I thought you mentioned something about it helping with inflammation as well. Yes.
2: Correct. It definitely does. Yeah.
0: Now I get asked a lot, what is inflammation? And, and a lot of people
1: mm-hmm. is like a smack all term or can you explain to us in your words what inflammation is?
2: So inflammation actually is not a bad thing if you think about it. term in the body it stays and it makes it bad. Inflammation has a lot of the nutrients our body for healing. I think sometimes we look at it as a bad issue because it swells up. It's like anything it has to protect your body, fat protects your body, you actually swell up. So so inflammation for that time period, no longer than seven days, people recommend. It causes a healing process for a tissue that may be torn. You could have, actually issues inside your fascia could be um, a problem too, but it's just a, a fluid protectant. Now having it for a long period of time, it causes other areas to have malfunctioning around your muscles and joints. And of course if you're having more issues below that, and it can really cause some damage. So
0: I would have thought it would have had something to do with like chronic, like hand pain, like arthritis or something along. I have the something line. about the arthritis part. So <laughs> me personally, I would say arthritis is actually a lack of building
2: up muscle and training the arms. Because sometimes we think that arthritis is just, oh, my knuckles are just cracking and Mm are swollen. But if you're doing something over the time for typing for a long time and you're not building another muscle behind it, there's no fluidity inside of the fingers. So, So your fingers actually lock in place. And so we've been trained to know it's only arthritis because we can't have any more movement inside of our fingers. But it's always a secondary muscle or a joint behind that. So I would say building the forearms up helps better flexation inside of the fingers. So Popeye
0: didn't have arthritis.
2: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. So... Now, p- cans, yeah. now, so that makes sense <laughs> biomechanically. Now, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a different type of arthritis that has more to do with glycation gotcha. um, and wearing down. Because I, I know a lot of people, when they cut wheat, grain, and corn and dairy mm. out, a lot of their arthritis issues go away. Yeah. But we know that glycation is sugar protein sticking to, uh, or sugar sticking to proteins and rendering useless, breaking it down. So, but that's interesting. I wonder if more acute issues like that mm-hmm. could be that breaking down. Mm-hmm. No, even like carpal tunnel, for instance.
2: Yeah. And that's one thing about it. when people, when, when I see people, I'm like, let's look at your blueprint. Yeah. Back to the blueprint again. Don't say it because it looks like this. Almost like the cupping, like it looks like you're pulling your skin out of your body. Like mm-hmm. we just don't want to say it because it reminds us of this very thing. And that causes our neural system to believe it's only just that. It could be something else. definitely your lifestyle will determine what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I can just say, well, the paper says, all right, your back's hurting. Let me go ahead and, you know, crack it a few times and chop it down. That may not be the thing for you. Right.
0: So. do you have any uh cool examples of somebody thinking that it was something like that but it turns out it was actually something completely different yes. and when they changed something else it, it affected
2: that issue mm, i'm literally about 80 percent of people i see so i can give you an example i know someone who was supposed to have a major surgery on their knee and they're like well i have to go get this surgery because my knee's hurting and uh, i can't move it that much anymore and i'm like Oh, let's look at what's happening here. Let's look at the truth of it. So I went to a physical therapist. I went to such and such and everybody else. I said, well, let's look at it biomechanically. You're thinking this is injured. So you're waking up in the morning. Your neural system is already telling you, firing your augmented system, telling you, hey, I'm already ready to do what you told me to do. just going to be stuck this way. We're going to move this way. That's it. So let's look a little deeper. All right. What's really happening with this muscle over here? How's your hip flexor going? How's your psoas working? How's your knee really bending when you're moving your hip? Is your knee bending with your hip? We ask questions out loud. We also have a biocommunications machine where I actually can hook you up to it, of course. It's called bioscanning. I actually can learn what your body's telling you in communication while you're saying it. And if you're quiet enough, I can read all the categories and tell you what all parts of your body you're doing in that same category of, that you're feeling the pain. So after that process, I see this one person, for example, and we started working with the hips, the back, start seeing how they were sitting, how they were standing all day. And she was like, wow, like this is totally not what I expected it to be. And literally about two, three weeks later, she was like, I can make my knee better. I can move better. And she actually never ran in her life. And prior to this, she actually had 11 surgeries. She's a great recovery over everything. So she now she's sprinting. And also still has the weight on, like, like the heavy weight she had. She's sprinting like nothing ever before, like sprinting uphill, not just sprinting straight. So that's just a prime example to show you that that very thing we may think of how we feel could actually be a not the real thing every time.
0: Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? Or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe, so why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science-based and attainable. Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook, read the testimonials, and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one nutrition coaching, one-on-one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com.
1: Now, I'd like to dig in a little deeper. You keep mentioning their thought patterns. So this mind-muscle connection. I know they've done studies. If you think about the muscle, you want to contract while working it out. There's all different statistics, 17% strong or
0: whatever. So if they're saying... I've never heard that. They think... There's a study that if you think about the muscle while you're working mm-hmm. it out, it's actually become stronger because well, yeah, you, you could get, lift more weight or yeah, get can, more You'll get better it, response, right, kind of
1: because of the neural connection. And if you're concentrating on that area, um, it helps. So what you just said is, I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. this woman woke up and her knees hurt in the past. She goes, my knee's supposed to hurt because she's having that thought pattern that is triggering a sequence of events that mm-hmm. is causing pain there that may not need to happen. Can you tell, kind of dive into that and talk about more, I guess, usages for, for understanding that mind-muscle connection and, and other thought processes?
2: Got it. So it, it depends on how our life goes. We can have trauma situations when we're growing up. We can have other issues where we see something on TV and someone fell and hurt themselves or we had a friend or our environment. How we smell things even it's so crazy, like your smell is the first thing that, what you smell is the first, the first sensory that breaks down your cell walls. So you can smell a hospital. And be like, oh, my gosh, you know, my body's not remembering the smell. My body starts to break down. So those areas start to make us feel like this is happening to us on a regular basis. And it really isn't. And it's like the imagery or placebo that our body's giving us. And it's really not the truth. Um, It's just the environment. Like, if you notice, if I go on vacation to Hawaii or if I go somewhere else around the country, my environment immediately changes because I'm trying to adapt to that area. It can be the environment inside of your house or someone else's house. And we're always going to be the one looking at feeling and touching and saying, my environment tells me it has to be this way. So when we t- look we take away the environmental problem, which could be any of the senses, we start to really evaluate and say, all right, this for the lady I say, for example, is really what happened when you were a child and when you wanted to go outside and play, your mom said, no, and she gave you a cookie or a donut every time until you go inside because you're too heavy to play. Or when you are, just sitting around and you're not having anybody to talk to when you're in your 20s and 30s you get a cookie and a donut because that's what you are are you remember to do to cope with or you may sleep a certain way because you're meant to cope that way and you're finding these other things that make you quote unquote happy but it's not really actually making you happy it's just keeping you I to say stable in the way how your environment tells you to be stable in so
1: okay
0: yeah like neural habits yeah basically yeah mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And so sometimes if, if you've had a past injury or something and you start favoring that side and you just expect it can't handle something, so mm, you yeah. uh, cre- almost create an injury
0: mm-hmm. in your head. It makes head. me think of people yeah. that I've heard say things like, I just, I'm not a runner. I just can't run. Mm-hmm, exactly. And it's like, well, yeah. is that true? Like, yeah. Are there just mm. people that can't run? <laughs> you know, I mean, when you were born, your legs learned how to go left and right
2: by, by themselves already. You didn't look at your legs when you were a kid, say left and right foot. You found the way to make sure your mechanics worked opposite on your body.
0: Obviously, so. there's people that are more gifted. Yeah. Like you being a professional athlete, you're probably a little bit more runner than Joe. Like there's probably a peak that I could get to. <laughs>
2: well, I'm going to tell you my story about that. In 1996, I was watching TV. Michael Johnson was running. I looked at the TV and I said, I'm going to be there one day. That's all I said. I, was, I didn't care. I didn't even like running before How old were you then? I think I was uh, nine, 10, 11 years old. I started running a fishing when I was 12. And that was right after my first injury. I never did anything. I played football and I didn't do anything with running wise. And I had an injury where I was walking down the hallway and my knee just froze up. I'm like, "What what's going on? I can't walk. And the doctor said, you had ACL tear. Like, how did it happen? I think it was doing like some green bays in the grass, something, but something minor. And the next year I went out and. I ran track, I had the highest jump, had a, a record back then, six feet five was my highest high jump in middle school, then ran the hurdles and ended up getting first place, and I stayed in that position, and this kept climbing from those areas, so I told myself by an image I saw, I said, I'm going to be there, I didn't say I would like to be there, I said, oh, wow, I'm going to be there one day, and then so after that, this kept dreaming and thinking about it, and my environment changed. So even though I could say yeah, people could say yeah, your your parents ran or this and that. I've seen people with their parents have ran and their kids don't do anything. I mean, I've seen both both um, perspectives where the parents did run and the kids did run too because that's their environment. But I told myself I'm going to be there one day, and that's how I did it. So
1: yeah, so so the mind, your mindset does have a lot to do with what you can and cannot do. I think it's kind of the big takeaway there.
0: I know for me, the, the mindset's like whether or not I even work out. Like if you're not in the right mindset, it's tough to even do any work, you know? That's true. Yeah. Um, now
1: going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, like how would somebody, and this has to do with stretching, how would somebody know if they're stretching in an inefficient or unproductive way? What would, it, what would be a sign?
2: Well, that's a tricky subject because It's not something we really can tell about how we're stretching because someone has it's almost like me um, telling the back of my back looks when I'm looking in the mirror for this is what I'm here for, because I could say, oh, yeah, you're stretching. Do you feel good? You could say yes. What does that mean to you? I could tell you, well, if you're going too far and you're having to strain, your face changes, that means you're stretching wrong. You could have a tight face no matter what. People's eyebrows scrain all the time. So, Kind of like resting bitch face? (laughs) I guess you could probably say that, though. It's like (laughs) our thoughts can make our face change automatically. So it's just kind of interesting how you put that because I, I really can't say there's actually a way to put it because you could literally walk one way your whole life, and that could be the way how you've been stretching you could be doing sitting down <laughs> and you're stretching your back because you're constantly sitting down, have a limber back. Okay.
1: okay. So uh, now what you're talking about is un unconscious stretching yeah. of fascia and muscles. Yeah. So that makes sense. I just spent more in a, if I'm literally, I'm taking a few minutes to do some stretching mm-hmm. to help with correctives and things like yeah. that, um, or to get ready for a workout.
2: And that's just in the same yeah. flows. It, it's kind of, it's really tricky to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, having to stretch this way. So I just you my algorithm I follow, it's called circulation, repetition, response, and application. So those four, four of the ways I focus. So I always focus on circulation first. It could be jump roping. It could be, I have this thing called the chi machine, which shakes your legs for you and causes the frequency of your body to move up and down as you're sitting down. Even just using some pressure points and pressing your body. Those are my ways of always starting off and saying warming up and stretch. That's a classical method that's um, some people works for some people, but not for everybody. So, if you're sitting down a certain way and your body's already set in that way of stretching, if you're having to get up and say, I want to have more range of motion, I wouldn't recommend for me to say, oh yeah, stretch this way and you'll get there. You will be there, but it won't be beneficial you staying there. So what I would rather do is say let's build muscle for each degree, pretty much five to seven degrees at a time, build muscle for stability in that place. So your flexibility is based on your muscle strength. I wouldn't say it's based on how much you can move your body there until you can't control the limit because I can have my arm far away somewhere and it could feel like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a good job. But hypothetically, I'm sitting here and my arm is there, but do I, can I really support it in that position? Yes, I can. But if I go further back with my arm, can I support it in that position? I can hold it. But what else in my body am I actually tweaking? And so that's why I really built muscle in the place. So when someone says I'm stretching, well, is your flexibility based on your range of motion or is it based on is it just based on how far you can move your body to the extent that it feels good or or that it's almost to a strain? And that's not beneficial in the long run. So that's why I have kind of my just me going against that area as the advocate. I was like stretching it's very it's uh, our body's constantly evolving, our mind's constantly evolving. So I wouldn't say stretching is always the main thing to do these days. Even foam rolling sometimes where you can roll something too much. Just kind of
1: obliterate the muscle. Exactly,
2: yeah. Yeah. So I'm big on pressing into the body, pressing into the joints, knowing how to get that body moving in that type of circulation, getting the traffic jam out of the body.
1: So we covered stretching. We covered uh, a little bit of fascia, Graston technique, and things like that. If somebody wanted to lose weight, what are some of the biomechanical things that can stop them from that?
2: Gotcha, that's a good one. So trauma, we talked about that before. Habits that we have on our daily activity. And also some medical health problems can cause that to stop when we're thinking about it so much. The body heals itself all the time. And just lack of knowledge, I think. If We're stuck in our old knowledge. Stuck in the way how we think about losing weight. And it's not working fast enough. The hoop, the hoop dream of, I want to lose weight two weeks in this amount of pounds and I lost the weight. Someone else did it. But what kind of weight are you losing? Is you losing the weight you need to have on your body? And if we need the weight in your body already, that can be a problem. Like, how do we get you to see the the reality of it? And sometimes people don't want to see the reality; they want they want to see the hoop dream of like, if I do it this way, it's going to be better for me. But in the same sense, I want to make sure people understand your body is going to have to take time. It took someone I have two years literally to lose the proper amount of weight. They need to lose, and it's like, okay, well, I didn't do anything really. I didn't do a lot of workouts. I didn't kill my body with you. I didn't. Do all this other stuff because it doesn't take that all the time. You have to go there and drag yourself across the floor to make yourself get lose weight. We think it takes all the thermal energy of that. If I can gain the weight without doing anything, you know, <laughs> if you think the right process and I say, let's just move your body slightly this way a few times. Let's get that joint moving better. Let's get that muscle activated differently. And you may not feel a lot of pressure, a lot of, of beat down in your body, but your body is getting adjusted to doing this new motion this naturally and off of that your body says okay I have to change everything alright guys let's move on out bring new stuff in let's go ahead and get our body set right so that's what I would say for my way of doing it is it's is, is pretty much understanding what is going on so you can erase what you thought it actually was going on before okay. that
1: Okay. And so some of these improper movement patterns could be some of the things that lead to habits. Mm-hmm. For instance, my knees supposed to hurt, so I'm not going to exercise. Yes. And then I am going to cope with that depression mm. with bad eating. Mm. Uh, so it almost comes back to this has been hammered so much. I it, it almost is painful to say, but find your why.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that. Yeah.
1: No, you know, I think it's still very important, but I think anybody that's worked for a, a corporate company or is probably tired of hearing that, but I still think it's important getting mm-hmm. down to what is that true why, because that is going to change, uh, it can change habits, it can change structural postural positioning even uh, that can keep you from, that's, that's interesting, I never really looked at it from that angle. Yeah,
2: yeah and typically we're like, we're trained to do something in, in, a, in a way of, all right, this is the only way I know how to do it, go there, bust my butt, work out hard, lose the weight, and are you really the person you're actually becoming? What if you're something else better than what you're actually seeing and it actually is your own blueprint that tells you this is what I need to be doing for me and my body, not just for something that worked for somebody else to the 30 day squat challenge or something else like that. And it's like, okay, it may be good, it may be good for a good corral and good moments of like that. But I think you have to really be in a serious place to know how your body can advance in that level if you're going to do that by yourself.
0: Awesome. Well, what made you want to do this for a living? Like what's, what's kind of your why? (laughs) So I have been around a lot of uh, different training regiments.
2: I would say personally, I was uh, training with a particular group as far as running track and field. And I was noticing we were doing the same thing all the time and everybody was doing the same exact thing. When I came from my location to train with this group, I actually was used to doing something individually for myself. I had my own system. I knew how, how my body moved. I knew how my body had to do this and everything as such. And so I found myself doing the same regimen routine. I'm like, am I really getting better? I was actually like more like a rabbit for other people who were trying to get faster. And I started getting slower and slower and slower. And emotional issues started happening. And I'm like, what's going on with my mind? I can't focus the same. My mind is not feeling the same. And after that, I was like, well, let me do my own thing. Of course, the coach got mad because <laughs> I went off and did my own thing on Saturdays. He was like, don't do anything. Don't do that! You got to follow the regiment. I said, well, it's just I know you have a historical regiment, but it's something I have to do that I feel in myself that has to be done differently. And of course, that next year I won the national championships. He was like, well, I know you can do it. And I was like, well, great. So I had a from that moment in um, 2006, uh, I realized, OK. Alvin, you have to do something that makes you you, no matter whoever else says anything else about you. Just what is it going to take for you to do? So I took, I underwent every exercise, science program, everything from personal training, everything I could do, herbalism, uh, naturopathics, sports nutrition, sports rehab. And I'm like, what's the very thing that's going to make this all put together? So I started studying biomechanics a lot more. And I, I've had some wonderful people in my life, Edwin Moses, a uh, great hurdler uh, back in the 80s and 70s. Excellent guy just to show me what biomechanics was about. Angela Taylor, Lauren Seagraves, people that who have been around the, the, the area. And they were like, well, this is why we do this this way. Everybody's body is different. So in that process, I said, well, how do I continue to grow? And I'm like in my 30s, literally running the same times I ran when I was in my teens. And nothing has really wow. fluctuated. So that showed me biomechanically physically and also mentally how my body communicates with itself my body not just the regiment that someone says do this mm-hmm. here you're going to get faster mm-hmm. run this way you got to do four three hundreds a day to get your body to go faster so
0: yeah. so yeah. is there any olympics in your future
2: we'll never know this year was supposed to be olympic year but you know everything is happening you know you'll yeah. we'll never know i mean um i know i hear the word 40 in my head you know you never know i could be running when i'm 40 and right. make it again you know to Olympic trials but um, at this time now, um, I'm just focusing on one day at a time.
1: Uh, I think something important you said about every exercise not being right for everybody and understanding limitations of your body mm-hmm. is important. So, for instance, if I go overhead press with the bar, I'm going to have frozen shoulder, mm-hmm. guaranteed. So, I don't have to do overhead yeah, press with exactly. the bar. So, if there's an exercise you keep doing and your body doesn't like it, listen to your body. Exactly. No That's very you. true. Be a good takeaway. Now, what are some of the uh, habits and things that you follow now that, that help keep you healthy and allow you to stay successful and to keep increasing the limit of what your body can do?
2: i say this simply uh, stay out of the matrix. Uh, A lot of times when I'm having a busy day, I say that for an example, have to stop and remember, actually say the word, who who are you? Like, who are you in this moment? What are you doing? Not what I want to be, what I think I am, but after taking the time and doing the system on myself, remembering the things that I found out about myself that are both good and bad and saying, well, who are you right now? All right. You know, right now your body is is you feel it's whole and this me being sensitive of my body. I'm very sensitive to my body. So literally in my mind, it's going to sound crazy, but I can correct my body while I'm thinking about it. and Do like, a little movement here and there. I feel the circulation going from my spinal cord all the way down to my hip. And down on my knee, et cetera, et cetera. And I do the correction that way. I literally can pause and in, in my mind and just really make that happen that way because of the communication I have with myself. So that's my main ground level. If I go run today, anything hard, it may be literally three, four times out of the month, because I've trained my body that much, not just by physically just doing everything on the physical standpoint, but just mentally on knowing what's needed to be done. And that resonates inside of me for weeks at a time. And I'm not having to go out there and just kill myself on on the track, you know. I have my clients. I have prime example, a lady I had, she did lose forty pounds, and she was she lost to forty pounds in four months by meeting me only one time a week, wow, and yeah. literally like did nothing else at the house. She didn't change her diet, nothing else like that. Lost forty pounds in four months, wow. one time a week met me, and she was like, "This is crazy." And so now today we had a limbo, of course, because she lost the thought process. It happens. So then she's back on another track with it, she's like, "You know what." I still lost the forty pounds again, but I didn't. I didn't. And I, did, I did the same process. Now I'm losing more weight. But if I didn't lose weight, I understand why now. If I want to lose the weight, I can understand how to now, and that makes everything totally, totally better, totally different for um how we are pre- uh, how we address each person's blueprint.
1: Yeah, and and I know we're almost out of time because you got somebody coming in, right? Yeah. What are the th- top three things somebody looking to improve their life? What are the top three things you would tell them?
2: OK, I would say, like I said earlier, know you're good and you're bad, not just know everything on the surface level, but know you're good and you're bad and accept you're good and you're bad. Other thing I would say, be patient. You know, we all have a process because we all are an answer to something that has not yet been invented. And sometimes we think we have to be here so fast or here so, so quickly. But just understand your process and be patient with your process. And lastly, I would say literally know your environment. and That's very, very major. Sometimes it's not you. It's your environment. It's your frequencies around you. It's what you're hearing here and there, social media wise, news wise. And if you're letting that environment soak you in, you will change. You will have fears. You will have a lot of things going on. But that 2% that changes something in the world, those are the ones who have to step out where no one else wants to step out. So know your environment so you know how you have to move in your own blueprint.
1: Awesome. Now, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you and work with you, how would they find you?
2: Okay, so the easy way to find me is to type in online Amplify with an I, not with a Y, Athletic Performance and Development. All our information is on there. Website's coming soon as well because we're adding other things as far as the salt cave to the website, so we're under construction right now. Or you can just contact me simply by the my email, which is Amplify with an I, not with a Y, blueprint at gmo.com, and also by phone number, would be Nine eight four two seven seven six two two zero.
1: Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your insight. I've never got to talk with an Olympian before. This is neat. Well, one, uh, a softball one, but uh, even still, this is uh, this has been incredible. You shared a lot of knowledge with us and, and some perspective shifts. And uh, I wish your business the best. And we'll have to get you on again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, uh, go check us out at firewithinnf.com. You can subscribe to our newsletters and make sure you never miss an episode or any other content. Also be sure to follow us on social media.